When I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, I wanted to touch on a subject that would have some real practical implication in our lives, something that would offer some tangible benefits to us and would help us relieve uh, us from some of the suffering that we experience from time to time. The thing about suffering is that if you just ignore it, it doesn't go away. There's the old saying that ignorance is bliss, that you'll live a happier life if you just sweep all your problems and afflictions under the rug and pretend as if they never happened. And a lot of people do choose to do that in their life. When they encounter any problems or difficulties, uh, they choose to avoid it. And some will turn to the company of their friends uh, to help them feel less lonely and less miserable. Some people will turn to entertainment. They'll kill time by watching TV. Uh, they'll seek entertainment to appease their senses. And then you have other people who will get themselves involved in a lot of activities to keep them busy so that they can forget about the problem. Well, the problem with this response is that just by ignoring your suffering, by trying to run away from it, it doesn't go away. It's just like trying to run away from your own shadow. No matter where you try to run to, the shadow will still follow you. Then one may ask the question, well, why would somebody want to do so, something so foolish as to run away from your own shadow? Well, obviously, to you and me, that would seem like a very foolish and nonsensical thing to do. We know that there's nothing to be afraid of when we see our own shadow. And the reason for that is because we understand it. We understand how a shadow is being formed when we see it. We know that it comes when light is being obstructed by an object and the size and the intensity of the shadow is determined by a number of different causes and conditions. Uh, the brightness of the light source, for example, uh, how big the object is, the angle of the light shining on the object, So we know that there's nothing to be afraid of when we see our shadow because we can identify and we understand its nature. Well, suffering is really just the same. The reason why we fear suffering and the reason why we run away from it is because we don't understand it. We don't realize what the causes and conditions are that makes suffering appear in our life. And when it comes to us, we don't know how to deal with it. So it's really this lack of understanding that causes us the suffering in our life, rather than the actual negative event that happens in our life. Suffering is really what we just add on to that event. 
So the whole point of the Buddha's teachings is to make us understand ourselves and our suffering so that we can live happily and peacefully without fear and worry. So the Buddha told us that this world is characterized by, by suffering, that its inherent condition is unsatisfactory. We have the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, death, departing from loved ones, being with people you don't like, insatiable desires, suffering from the five skandhas, all this is suffering. And then there's also the collective suffering. So the suffering that we experience when we have wars, genocides, natural disaster, famine, hunger. This causes a lot of suffering for a lot of people. Now, when we say this, we should also understand that this is not a pessimistic or cynical outlook on life, but rather it comes from a true understanding of the nature of the world that we live in. It actually takes a lot of courage and wisdom to admit that you're suffering, to want to do something about it, to confront the thing that's bothering you the most in your life and causing you great distress. So I'd like to sidetrack for a little bit. How many of you have seen the movie The Matrix? I'm sure many of you have seen it. It was a big hit back in the late uh, 1990s. I think it was almost 2000 uh, when it first came out. So in the movie, if you remember the scene when Neo first meets Morpheus, they sit down and Morpheus presents Neo with two options. You have the blue pill and the red pill. And then he goes on to say, you take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed, and you believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. You remember that? Does that ring a bell? Well, in the same way, most people in life decide to take that blue pill. They decide to ignore the suffering in their life rather than waking up to the realities of life. When suffering arrives at their doorstep, what they do is, instead of confronting it, they choose to ignore it and bury it deep within their consciousness. And what happens when you do that? Well, it's just like leaving garbage in your house without wanting to do anything about it. Over time, it accumulates, and when it does, it makes you fall sick. 
And not only that, the unbearable smell forces out all the people that matter most to you in your life. So now that we've established that the current condition that we face is unsatisfactory, that we suffer, and that the suffering is due to a lack of understanding, how do we go about better understanding and relieving some of the suffering that we feel? Well, to answer this question, we first have to ask ourselves, what is suffering? Suffering is simply not having things the way you want them to be. In other words, desiring for things to be other than what they are. That is suffering. You think you're not good enough, not rich enough, not smart enough, not handsome or pretty enough. You don't have a good enough job. The list of not enoughs can just go on and on. And what's worse about all of this is that when you don't meet those expectations, you add to that disappointment by sinking into self-blame and despair and self-criticism. The inner critic in you is very strong. And whenever it finds the chance, it batters you down for your mistakes. It makes you feel that you're worthless. It pummels you for not being better, for not living up to your expectations. And this causes you a lot of suffering. And then you also have the people who have just been put through some terrible atrocities, like war, abuse, rape, torture. There's no question that these people have been through a lot of pain. But why do so many of them continue to suffer years and years after it happened? Well, what happens is they replay the events that took place again and again in their minds. And each time they do that, they feel the pain one more time. It's already long gone. The pain that you felt during that experience is already not here, it's gone. It's not gonna come back. But they still have a difficult time letting it go. Why? Well, because they want things to be other than what they are. They can't accept and they haven't come to terms with the experiences of their past. And that's why they suffer. And what about the suffering associated with sickness, aging, and death? Well, yes, there's the pain of sickness. Having diabetes, cancer, going through chemotherapy. There's definitely pain in there and it will be felt. But like everything else in the world, we also know that it rises and falls, and eventually will go away. When I was with my mother, uh, she was sick with cancer. I was able to experience empathetically through her how painful the process of 
chemotherapy can be. It is very physically grueling and, and painful, and it can cause a lot of suffering. But I also know that the pain that you feel is very short-lived. It's temporary in nature. It doesn't last that long. But it is the suffering that arises from the pain that can. The suffering that lingers is not the pain of the sickness, but rather it's the emotional and re resistance and fear that we have towards that pain. That's what causes the suffering. So if I were to make an analogy, pain is very much like a gaseous substance. If you just allow it to be there, it'll naturally dissipate on its own. You don't have to do anything to it. But as soon as you fight it, as soon as you resist it, and you force it into the confines of a small area, then that's when the pressure builds up until you get a big explosion. So no matter what kind of suffering we face, we should know that when it comes down to it, suffering comes from wanting things to be other than what they are. And what is happiness? Well, happiness is simply the opposite. It's understanding and accepting the way things are and not wanting them to be any different. That's what happiness is. It comes from not trying to control the circumstances. We know that we can't control the circumstances in our life, but we can change and we can control how we respond to those circumstances. We can't necessarily change life, but we can certainly change how we look at it. And that makes all the difference. But obviously, saying this is very easy. The more important question that we should ask ourselves is, how do we get to that state where we can accept things the way that they are and not want them to be anything different? Well, this is where I'd like to introduce a very powerful technique that has benefited me tremendously over the past year. I'm sure uh, quite a few of you have heard of this term. It's called self-compassion. Compassion, self-compassion. We all know that compassion is a cherished virtue in our society. Uh, extending loving kindness to all sentient beings, eliminating their suffering, that's the hallmark of a bodhisattva. Compassion is also cherished in other religions, like Christianity. You have uh, Jesus Christ, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, Mother Teresa, all these people, they embody the very definition of what it means to be compassionate. But the problem that we have with that is that, especially in our modern society, while compassion is regarded as a noble virtue, self-compassion, compassion towards yourself, that's often ignored and misconstrued as being self-conceit or self-pride. 
Some people even say that if you're too uh, self-compassionate to yourself, that you'll end up becoming egotistical and big-headed. Not to mention, we often feel that in order to be a good person, we have to sacrifice our happiness and our well-being for the benefit of others. So self-sacrifice rather than self-compassion is regarded as a nobler virtue. Well, the problem with this is that while we may be kind to those around us, because we're supposed to value them more than we value ourselves, you could be very mean and miserable to yourself and completely accept that as being normal. The problem that then arises is that when you're always mean and critical to yourself, you build up a lot of negative energy in your body. And that energy has to find a way of letting itself out. It has to find some sort of outlet. And when it does, it gets sent out to those around you. And when it gets sent to those around you, other people suffer. And that defeats the whole purpose of self-sacrifice in the first place, because you're not benefiting them anymore. So the right view that we should adopt is to see ourselves as equally deserving of love and compassion as those around us. Didn't the Bible say that we should love our neighbor as ourself? Right? Not loving our neighbor more than ourself, but loving our neighbor as ourself. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we have to understand what the difference is between pain and suffering. Pain is the brief burst of discomfort that you feel when you experience a negative event in your life. And suffering comes from the emotional resistance and fear you have towards that pain. And happiness? Happiness is understanding and accepting the way things are and not wanting them to be any different. So how do we get to that state where we can accept things as they are? Well, as I just mentioned, the technique is called self-compassion. When a baby is crying, what does the mother do? The mother cradles the child in her arms and she gives the baby tender, loving affection and care. The mother knows that it's normal for the baby to experience discomfort at times. And when the baby does, she's there to provide unconditional love and support. Well, when we experience suffering, we should learn to be like that mother. We should cradle our suffering into our arms. We need to recognize that it's there and that it's causing us pain right now. But we don't fight it. We don't resist it. We cradle it into our arms and we give it warmth, understanding, and we remind ourselves 
that it is okay to experience suffering. It's a normal part of the human experience. It comes and it goes. Eventually, it will go away. You don't have to do anything to it. In fact, when you try to do something to it, that's when it really puts up a fight against you. So all you need to do at this moment is to care for your suffering. To know that it's there and that all human beings share this common condition of suffering. We're not in this alone. And that this is the time when we should show ourselves love and compassion the most. And when we begin to care for our suffering like that, well, that's when all the ill will and resentment just naturally disappears. And we begin to accept the way that things are without resisting it. And when we can begin to do that, then that's when we find true peace in our life. So whenever you have thoughts of inadequacy, if you feel like you're not good enough, you're not living up to your expectations, well, you need to practice self-compassion. You need to show love and appreciation for yourself. You are good enough. You don't need to be any more. In fact, right now, you possess all the qualities that entitle you to joy and happiness. You know that suffering comes from wanting things to be other than what they are. And you also realize that you will never be satisfied in your life until you stop wanting and start being. If you've been hurt by someone in the past, the first thing you need to do is to learn how to forgive yourself. You need to show love and compassion for your suffering. It's okay to be hurt. There's pain right now, but eventually it will go away. And if you resist it and fight it, well, then the pain will only get worse. You should tell yourself that you want to be well and happy again. And so you will only let the pain that you're experiencing right now serve as a stepping stone towards your own personal growth. It will only make you stronger and more resilient. If it's you that made the mistake or someone that you hurt in the past, well, you should tell yourself that you shouldn't be defined by the actions of your past. If you want to define yourself, you should only define yourself as the quality of how you are living in this present moment. You deserve as much love and happiness as the person you hurt. And you should learn to forgive yourself. It is normal, it is human to make mistakes. And we learn and grow from them. And we should only use them to enrich our lives. So the good thing about self-compassion is that instead of replacing negative feelings with positive ones, by embracing and caring for your negative feelings, you end up creating new positive feelings.
there's actually nothing wrong with experiencing suffering. It's just a natural process that rises and falls with the passing of time. The pain does not last that long, but it's the fear and resistance to it that can really make you suffer. When you stop fighting it and start realizing that like a crying baby, it too needs to be cared for and loved, then that's when the suffering just naturally fades away. And all you're left with is the peace and contentment that comes from accepting things the way that they are. So when you come to think about it, no one spends more time with yourself than you yourself do. If you're dealing with someone who's being difficult, you only will have to put up with them for the limited time that you're with them. But if you're always being mean and critical to yourself, if you're always pummeling yourself for not being good enough, for not living to your expectations, if you're always living with ill will and resentment towards your circumstances, then I'm, I'm very sorry you will be living with a very scary and horrible monster 24 hours a day for the rest of your life. Is that the way to a happy and fulfilling life? Well, obviously not. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people do do that to themselves. So if you want to find true peace and happiness in your life, the first step is to confront your suffering. Don't run away from it like trying to run away from your own shadow. Be like Neo in the Matrix. Take the red pill. Wake up to the realities of life. You know, it takes a lot of courage and wisdom to do that. But when you start to do that, then you can start understanding what suffering actually is. And you'll know that suffering comes from wanting things to be other than what they are. And it comes from resistance and it comes from fear. Once you realize that, then you should use self-compassion as a tool to embrace and care for your suffering. Give it love and understanding. Recognize that it's there, that you're feeling pain right now. Be with it, like a mother holding her baby in her arms. Smile at it. Give it the assurance that even this too will come to pass and you will be well and happy again. And when you can do this, then you start to experience some true happiness in your life. And all the suffering will just naturally subside and go away. It'll fade into nothingness. And then all you're left with is the peace and contentment that's born of 
letting go of accepting things the way that they are. You don't want any more, any less. You don't want things to be any different. Everything is perfect as it is right now. And when you can do that, then that's when you begin to find true happiness and peace in your life.